Welcome to Alumni Ally Hour. My name is Niall and I will be your host. And we're going to be talking today with Akai Floyd and learning more about everything that's going on in your life, everything that's going on in your career. And hopefully we can, you know, get some people to kind of like sing <laughs> praises. Let's go. Oh, God. Well, <laughs> thank you. Welcome. I mean, not welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Very excited to be here. Um, yeah, I'm from the Heather's Pledge class, and okay. um, I, I, I guess I'm going to dig up some stuff about my life. <laughs> that's, that's, usually, that's usually what we're here for. You know, we want to we unpack, yeah. unpack that. Let's unpack. So when you were inside the Heather's Pledge class, um, what kind of like drew you to USC and to DK specifically? Ooh, well, I transferred um, mm-hmm. basically my junior year I started at USC so I was like a political science major basically beforehand at a school called American in DC Mm -hmm. and it was just not at all what I wanted or needed to be doing so um I transferred I'm so excited to be going to USC I'm from SoCal originally but I also kind of claim New York because I went to high school here and I essentially grew up here as an adult um and that's why you can have the duality <laughs> yeah yeah I'm, I'm pretty I'm bicoastal uh, yeah, so I'm in I'm in New York right now and I'm going to be living with my best friend here she's like born and raised here and her family has this apartment rent controlled and it's Ooh, like that's that's can't, that, that can't can be right there in the field <laughs> you, I know I know it's it's insane so um I'm just going to be living here for another few months and then I miss LA so much though that's like kind of where my heart is so um, excited to be going back. But anyways, so I wanted to go back to LA, miss mm-hmm. the warm weather. Um, and I got into USC and I wanted to find some community because, you know, it's, it's a rough life for a transfer sometimes. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was in the theater program. So like, I knew there was opportunity for smaller classes and to get to know people, but, um, yeah, I think, being able to be around so many filmmakers and explore kind of the production side of things, which is something I hadn't been able to really do before. Um, That was really exciting for me and just meeting the people. It was super diverse. And of course, as a a black woman, that's like, if, if I was in a traditional sorority, I just, (laughs) I just really don't know how that would look for me. I mean, it wouldn't, it would work. Um, So being able to be in like a, a community that is, um, diverse and full of interesting people with similar hobbies like come on that's it was awesome so yeah I was super excited to pledge so you graduated I want to say spring of last year fall of last year fall of last year and what do you think you know I know the pandemic kind of like took away a lot of people's like agency to create Mm -hmm. but you were creating before then so tell us about you know Mm -hmm. some of the projects that you were a part of or that you spearheaded that you just are like if anybody was to know this about me you got to check out this (laughs) okay okay um, so I ended up really steering towards a lot of the behind the scenes work. Like I consider myself an actor first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I was focused on in the theater track, but I started to get interested in like style and, um, different things like that. So I did costume on a couple of, um, films produced by DKA people. Yes, costume. Yeah. Let's go. Um, costume has been fun. It's a, it's a lot of thrifting, but like, that's what I 
enjoyed doing before. So oh, and costuming on a budget. Okay. I was going to say $75 costume budget. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I can work with this. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah, that's just kind of something I wanted to play around with. And um, so Camera Oscura, Pate Matos with Vic. Um, and then I did some PA work on a bunch of different things, like uh, Camilo's project. Um, I'm trying to think of the name. We know Camila's beautiful horror film, gorgeous, mm-hmm. starring Juan, the one and only. Um, yeah, so being on sets was super duper fun. And I got some opportunities to be on some professional sets as well. Um, there was a film that was shooting on campus um, called When Time Got Louder. I think that's coming out at some point soon. Okay. And some music videos uh, that were shot for like this ESPN, like halftime show that they were doing. So it was the, the artists were like five seconds of summer, Weezer, Charlie Puth. And so like, it was really exciting to be on set. (laughs) No, I know those were really, really interesting because (laughs) um, I, you just learn a lot about what works and what doesn't work. Right. um, In, in every set. And so, yeah, being, on the production side of those things has definitely inspired me to learn more about producing and how to be efficient, how to how to have a team run well and and you know just kind of be smart about things and learn more. So um, I was applying to this production management internship at Freeform, um, and I started getting into the interview process and everything. And while I was waiting to hear back about the second interview. Um, COVID happened. And so Lord Miss Corona. <laughs> yeah. Miss Rona, the collapse of the world, um, of most people's dreams. You're like, I'm trying to get on good trouble. I'm trying to do yeah. big things. Like, and you just get in my way. Perfect. I know. So um we were so close and then we were so so far. <sighs> um, but so that's how that story ended. And then I I um stayed in LA for a little bit and then came home and I've done some remote projects and I'm trying to remember what is, oh, I was starting on a podcast. That's what the big thing Oh, well, hello. (laughs) Yeah, hello. Back to this format. Very excited to be here. But I wasn't starring in it or anything. I was producing it. Um, And as for now, it's kind of in limbo as we, we kind of reconfigure some things and people work on other things. But um, we, Juan was a writer on it and if you've not activity with one, I don't know if we've got um, the uh, new people listening, but it's one of the great people that you'll meet in this fraternity. Um, and so that was a project that we were working on for a couple of months at least. And then right now I'm working on Almost Maine with mm-hmm. the one and only Vic and my big Nicole, who's producing. And we've got Violet and Mackenzie, my little, who are working on art. And this is like a family media. production. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. Um, and I had no idea they were working on it before I came into it, so. It was um, just one of those things, yeah. I'm like, oh, hey! Serendipitous, <laughs> I know. So yeah, that is kind of the recap of work that's been going on right now. Acted in some things, just a lot of things, a lot of random little things, but um yeah as, as I move forward I'm just kind of trying to like plant myself in one place mm-hmm. and make some money and learn how to work on my own projects essentially 
So you mentioned that, you know, you kind of dabble a lot. <laughs> you, yeah. You're like, yeah. poli size and doing it for me. I'm going to I go know. actor, producer, costume designer. Call me, beat me if you want to yeah. reach me. Well, <laughs> I would like to um, just say for the record, my horoscope, my zodiac signs, I am a sun Gemini, a rising Aquarius, and my moon is in Libra. I'm a triple air sign. <laughs> And so I just have to say that is why I am the way that I am. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, there's an explanation. I, yeah. I have a great explanation. Full disclosure. <laughs> exactly. If Nicole or anyone wants to um, do the, the Zodiac breakdown on that, I'd love to hear it. But yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's great because I... I know that a lot of times people will get flack and I'll, I'll be one of, one of the people who give people flack for like mm-hmm. being like, yes, I'm a writer, director, producer, actor. And you're like, whoa, 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 calm down. All the hats. Yeah. <laughs> All the hats. Like, can we sort you into something? But I think mm-hmm. that it's also important that, you know, people are exploring things, but also exploring it in a way where they come away with it with like, a a meaning or a purpose versus like oh yeah I do that simply because I want to do it it's more like a I have learned it and I fell in love with it and I just see I'm just you know I I just love multiple things so yeah in the way that you talk about how many projects you've just like just rotated on those those same things it's like okay you're not you you know there's people out there who are just like yes I want to do it all so I can get all the credit and there's other people who are like I just like it all I can't choose (laughs) I just truly like I being on set is my favorite place to be like whether it's as an actor or if it's like behind the scenes I genuinely love so much the collaboration the rush the trying to get things done the improvising like all of it is so exciting to me Mm -hmm. and so I've definitely just tried to like be around and kind of soak up those things but I would say that I've I've kind of found my couple of niches like I don't think I'll go back into costume unless somebody was to ask me for it right um and I think acting for sure producing more so and then maybe writing also would be the three things for me. Like I have no, I I don't really want to direct. Like I, it's not anything Mm -hmm. that I feel a pull towards because I kind of like seeing other people put their vision out there, but like I get excited about the execution or like some of the creative decisions, but um, not so much the big picture like that. Right. Um, So so. on your ideal set, you would be doing things more like producing or acting rather than Mm -hmm. like some of the other things that you've been doing in the past. Yeah. What is it that's kind of drawn you to producing? Because I know that, you know, there are a lot of people who hear about directing, a lot of people hear about writing, um, you know, and acting, but I I think a lot of people aren't like, okay, I know the producer provides money and I know the producer Mm kind of like bosses everybody around. What else do they do? Like, what is the draw to it? Well, I'm going to be honest. I am still learning what a producer does. And it's funny because when you look it up, like I've been like, okay, as like I started doing production assistant work and then I was like, okay, well, what actually is a producer? And I Google it and it's like a producer is kind of a lot of different things. Yes. Like defined differently by different people on different projects. So um, I kind of feel like I like having some say in how things are executed and how mm-hmm. the project is planned and some of the creative decisions behind, um, you know, different locations and things like that. But um, I just feel like I've been on a lot of sets and I'm not saying like any particular student film sets or like anything like that. Some of the professional sets I've been on too, but where I've been like, 
I feel like we shouldn't do that. <laughs> or like, I feel like we should have planned this differently. Right yeah, exactly. And not so much like the shots or anything like that, but just like, I just, we, we could have executed this, I think. Right. It, it doesn't execute the storytelling we're going for. Yeah, exactly. And so things like that, I feel like I notice and, and I want to help solve those problems and keep things running smoothly. And um, so that was a big reason why I was looking specifically toward the production management internship, mm -hmm. um, just so I could learn the ins and outs, like in the most professional sense and like the biggest budget sense, like when you're working for Disney, um, just to see how those things go down. So I'm definitely still learning, but I do know that whenever I'm able to be on the production side of projects, I, I get excited by figuring out how to organize and execute things, which is interesting because I'm very unorganized in my own life, but I feel like <laughs> I can take these, yeah, I can take these projects and be like, okay, let's like get into the nitty-gritty. Yeah, it's easier to organize out. something when it's not yours. It's like, yeah. like when you go into somebody's house and you're just like, you know, I'm gonna just like wash the dishes real quick after dinner. Exactly. Because, but in your own house, you're like, ugh, who's gonna this do is what the dishes? dishwasher's for. <laughs> <laughs> exactly so, um I was actually like um browsing YouTube the other day because I know that you were like into producing and I uh it was funny because there's like some videos where they're like producers are literally the people who like talk you off the edge like the director is like like if we were to turn into a meme like the director's kind of like the the bad Kermit in the sense of like yes let's do it and then the producer's mm -hmm. just like no we have to have some sensibility and they're kind of like the yeah that's like whispering in the director's ear this doesn't make sense mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. it, it, I, I can see the draw like the the attraction to like being that person who's like yes I'm the reason that this scene makes sense like I'm oh my god reason that this well I, I yeah you pull this it sounds off. so so big and important but it's like I I I feel that a hundred percent just being <laughs> like okay like let's big picture here let's, mm -hmm. let's take all the elements and let's like really take a look at this is this a good choice I don't know so yeah it's it's just it's kind of thrilling I mean working with directors is fun too it's just like I don't necessarily at least right now, mm -hmm. have that same sense of vision for myself. I think that maybe, um, I guess the, the, my taste in movies and films is like, maybe just because it's not something that I see myself being able to make right now. Mm -hmm. um, like I'm a big sci-fi fantasy type person. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just finished watching the latest episode of WandaVision before here, cried three times. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was so beautiful, but yeah, I think I'm like, I don't know if I have the VFX budget for what I want right now. One thing about sci-fi that gets you is like, it's such intricate storytelling and then you need totally. the budget for all of it so you it's like gotta have yeah gotta have the budget you can't you, I mean, can't, you can't mom and pop that <laughs> like you can't I know, film that, it and there's some super interesting like very cerebral sci-fi films mm -hmm. that exist on the lower budget spectrum but like it's just not personally I think you know if you're like a manga reader or like a comic book fan like it's just give me the fireworks give me the give me the lasers out of the hand yeah like, like how to give, give me the special <laughs> effects budget and, yeah, and exactly. about they're like but what about mm -hmm. the actors screw the actors mm -hmm. up. what the budget <laughs> i'll act in it and you won't have to pay me give me the vfx <laughs> uh, seriously 
so now that you've graduated i know that you know miss rona kind of like you know put everybody to a halt um what do you think you wish you would have known when you were in college and like figuring out what you wanted to do or like um the major that you were going for even like in our organization what do you think you wish you kind of could tell your younger self Mm, that's an excellent question I'm still working on telling my younger (laughs) self these things um I have just kind of gotten into like affirmations lately and I found them very comforting and very much helpful in undoing kind of the thoughts that I've had about myself about mm-hmm. my capabilities about how others view me and I think it's just really Not about you having imposter syndrome no oh come on it's <laughs> contagious Not a black Doesn't woman having one... imposter syndrome no <laughs> it's so unfortunate oh we hate to see it don't we but don't we you know it it really is it's it's um it's quite easy to catch and I think it's really a matter of just telling yourself that you're worthy of success you're worthy of grace when you make mistakes Mm -hmm. and all of that the fear of success the fear of failure should not prevent you from trying things and that has definitely I feel like I've lived a lot of uh, my experiences from a place of fear of of not being liked of Mm -hmm. being seen of getting things wrong and I think that I'm just working right now on like releasing myself from any any responsibility of being right all the time or Mm -hmm. being perfect or you know just all of these expectations that we have for ourselves and don't have for other people and it's just it's a matter of kind of just reframing your perspective and that's that's what I would have told myself for sure because I think there's a lot of things I wanted to audition for there were roles that Mm. I got cast in that were really interesting that I turned down because I was just overcome, like sick with anxiety about it. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I just, I'm definitely working on saying yes to a lot more things for those reasons, because you really only grow in discomfort. So yeah, that's kind of, I I completely resonate with that. um, Yeah. To me, I think that it's part of this, something that happens specifically when you're in higher institutions. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you recognize how difficult it was to get in, how many people, you know, would kill to be in your position. And then on top of that, you have people who just seem like they have a leg up (laughs) and you're like, Mm -hmm. how did you do this? You know, they kind of seem like they they already know how something goes in a class and you're like, this is a 100 class. (laughs) I know. Why are you doing showing off in one hundred class? It's great. Like their credits are so impressive, and you're Mm. just like, how did I get here? Like you don't even have you looked at me? Have you seen me do this thing? I'm not good. It's just yeah, yeah. And I think I think something that doesn't get talked about a lot, and I'm sure you can you know co-sign on this, is that a lot of people will be told you just have to keep trying but they are Mm -hmm. never told that like once you do something that feels amazing that you know that you did a great job on Mm -hmm. once that's get put out there in the world it doesn't matter if people like enjoy it it's like oh yeah that was my best work right there and then after that you're kind of like it's like a it's like a snowball effect because Mm -hmm. but you have to get there and that's the really annoying part that you have to get to the place where you were like 
oh, look at that improvement. <laughs> yeah, seriously though. But it's like, I, I don't know how it's so easy to forget, but it's very easy to forget that you don't get good at anything by not trying mm-hmm. <laughs> or like you have to take the steps to master something, the 10,000 hours thing. Like there's so much in between where these people are that you see, whether they've been acting since they were five. And oh yeah, (laughs) you know, like that kind of like, there's so many reasons people are the way they are. Sometimes it is talent and, and it's just, all it is going to do is drive you insane. If you think to compare yourself to all these people and, and ask why you're not in this position and ask what makes them so much better than you or so much more special than you. And, and then also just the bias against yourself when you watch performances or, or someone else's work and, and, you know, you think it's so good and people are complimenting your stuff and you're like, are you insane? Like, (laughs) did you not see this this right here? We're watching the same thing. I I forgot to edit this part out. What are you talking about? (laughs) What is this color grade? So now that we kind of taken care of like, you know, the career stuff and all that, yeah. I want to know about you personally. Like if you were like, <laughs> it'd be like, all right, you got two minutes to tell me about who you are. Well, okay. I'm not a good virtual communicator. That is my, <laughs> okay. Listen, this is, we're going to start from the negative. <laughs> you're like, let's start by saying. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's like, if you're listening to this, like I probably owe you a text back. And I'm sorry about that. I really, I really am. I just, you know, I, I, I completely blame that on coronavirus. I feel mm. like it's one of those, like, I have all day. So I'll eventually get back to you. And you're like, oh, shoot, it's been and three then months. months. <laughs> I know, literally. And so, yeah, that, that is not one of my strong suits. But I will say that I think. It's okay. We like our heroes I, to have flaws. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's a character flaw. I, we I we like our protagonists to have flaws. It's, it's not exactly. It's, I, at least I'm aware. Um, but I think one of the things that is good is that when I'm with my friends, when I'm talking to my friends, like they have my full attention and they are, I I would just say that like, you will be fully supported by me emotionally. And I, I want to see my friends grow. I, I work very hard to, grow myself and to be self-aware and work on things that I feel like I want to work on and with my friends like I will always try to encourage you in the same direction like I'm just like not I I just want to see us all be better I want to see everybody be better who I love and so I feel like we're gonna we're gonna move in a good positive direction together and Oh God, this is so hard to like try to, to, to quantify. <laughs> yeah, I'm like how to define my like friendship. I just would say because my my best friends um, know that I can be a little bit of a space cadet sometimes, but they tell me that like when they have me, it's it just kind of makes it worth it because I do show them my love and appreciation and care and I guess I guess that's it and it's very genuine like I'm never gonna like fake entertain somebody ever I just don't see the point and so I think yeah if you have me like you you got me and <laughs> if you have, me, you have you. me yeah yeah 
yeah yeah I think I think that's it I really there's so many people in this fraternity especially that I so genuinely miss and like I'm very excited to see I'm just like not a FaceTimer I'm not a texter oh yeah no I hate it <laughs> yeah so it's like when I see you in person like I I really want to throw a party when I get back just right just, no okay when, when I yeah. <laughs> when things clear up and here's the theme that I'm thinking all the holidays that we miss together. Oh, yes. Like everyone every corner dresses, got a different yeah. holiday. Or yeah, like no. everyone dresses up for all the different holidays. I just feel I, like that. I love that. Like <laughs> my pants say Christmas. But, yeah, but exactly. My shirt says Valentine's Day. <laughs> exactly. No, I was, I literally like had this thought the other day, like, dang, you know what I want? I want a ball. Like I want people to have like big old skirts, like mm. everybody, like we learn like one type of coordinated dance, you like know. Like Bridgerton style? Yes. And have like a ball, like maybe not Regency because I don't like that empire waist situation. Yeah. It looks a little, yeah. it looks a little weird. It doesn't, little doesn't do anybody justice. I want that. Ooh. What is it? I was going to say Brandy Cinderella. <gasps> that was <Yes>. nice. <laughs> that was my impulse here when you say ball we're talking yes about that sequence at the ball where everybody's in Ooh, their ball. gradient dresses and they're like duh, 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 duh. i was like oh, <laughs> oh my god my god yes so I'm magical like a huge like of course we'll we'll take the bridgerton style of like using um like kind of like string quartet or whatever for like music that's popular fine you know we'll still boogie down that way but yeah. i yeah like a big whirly brandy ass dress and i want to be like people have <laughs> gloves on let's go you know trying to be reminiscent of oh, this we're gonna have yeah. gloves on <laughs> Oh yeah, masks, beautiful embroidered masks. Yeah, you know, you know and just wow. Uh, I gotta Venmo you when you find the venue. Mm-hmm. No, we'll 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 make it we'll make it work. We'll get something like a grand chandelier. We'll have like casting yes. staircase in Let the DK house. <laughs> we'll put on a ball. We'll we'll literally like sell tickets and be like, "Yo, we're having a ball." I want I want frilly things on mm. men's shirts. <laughs> Need lace, big yeah. petticoats let's mm. go corsets that's for me let's go that'll put the six feet between us too i just yeah yeah just get a the big enough dress. Of that exactly a big enough poof that's you all you need. so i wanted to get oh into God. like um maybe something that's a little more intense in the in the way of being just a, a little more of a intense discussion i know that inside of our industry uh we kind of come across a lot of issues um Mm. and you know i feel like a lot of them do get attention and some of them maybe don't um what is something inside of the entertainment industry that you've witnessed or that you've even like been a part of or or been you know uh, an unfortunate person to receive that kind of you're just like wow this this kind of makes me have a hard time loving my industry. Ooh, okay. Um, one thing that comes to mind that I, I didn't think was so, it wasn't, it didn't feel like an affront to me, but like mm-hmm. it was a big eye roll was I was on set for one of the music video things that I worked on. And this guy who was doing catering came up to me with a straight face and was like, so why are you here? And I was like, 
Um, I'm a PA. Um, and it's I had, called a paycheck? <laughs> yeah, literally. First of all, the paycheck. Can we not pretend that that's not a good check? Right. Like, and no, yeah. And I had my, my walkie in and I was like, yeah, I'm a PA. And I was like, no, but like, but like, why are you here? Like, you're, you're pretty. Lord have mercy. <laughs> he, he said, you're pretty. I was like, what do you, I, what do you think we're all like trolls in this? <laughs> no, like, what? I was like, I just, I like production. I like doing mm-hmm. producing work. He was like, oh okay like that's weird I was like so I'm I just don't because for me what that just is a a microcosm of the macro issue is just like your looks defining you so much Mm -hmm. and I and in so many ways of course it's racial it's it's gender bias it's Mm -hmm. like I don't know like you can be a woman a non-binary femme person who wants to drive fucking monster trucks right and I don't understand why your question or like a just someone who's who looks a certain way and is automatically judged as being less intelligent less Mm -hmm. capable and and a terrible way to try and get a date by the way (laughs) yeah okay this man was for sure in his like late 40s oh and I was just like well it, it but it was the way he he came about it was it wasn't even it wasn't any kind of like flirtatious joking exchange he it was genuinely like was wondering confusion. why I was there yeah rather mm. than being like and I, I don't I don't look like a model or anything but like the way he was like what you should be in front of the camera or something like that and I just think it creates so much insecurity for women what they can wear on set how they can present on set whether they're allowed to wear makeup or else it seems like they're trying to like that kind of thing like all of these little like jabs that kind of reinforce the fact that this is a man's world like Mm -hmm. or a man's industry right um and And i think it's one of those things where people um tend to gender certain roles on set where you know if you're a PA or if you're in grips or if you're in electric then like people are like oh then you're probably a dude Mm -hmm. um but if you're like a woman they're like oh well you probably work in like costume or makeup and it's exactly work everywhere (laughs) right and the only other women that were on the production side with me actually were the costume people Mm -hmm. and so that definitely is an indicator that it's not it's not it's that not completely it's, um, unfounded exactly it's not grounded in nothing but of course that doesn't make it okay to question why someone's there because they're a younger conventionally good-looking woman like that's just so unbelievably stupid why do you think that people kind of like tend to gender certain certain staples or certain positions on set i guess just because men I think traditionally since the production side at least has been very male oriented and um masculine I think men are used to answering to other men and so when they're answering to women it's just they don't put women in the box of boss or Mm -hmm. um you know like authority essentially and so it's just something that they don't compute. Not to say the production assistant is a, an authoritative position, but right. it's um, 
it I think that just also is LA it's so LA to say something yeah. like that <laughs> you know what I mean like I it's clearly not the case on every set but I think it's a city that is very focused on capitalizing on your looks in a lot of different ways mm-hmm. and so I guess that's the expectation if yeah. it seems like you're able to do that or something like that like but- it's almost like somebody thinks that if you're conventionally attractive and you're not from the camera that like you you just didn't know that that was an option for you yeah. like yeah. you're like you do realize you could like go up there and you're like you're right like Me? <laughs> I could do it I didn't know it's I not didn't like I was know. watching that happen this whole time but um yeah so that's just it's really a smaller thing I mean that I think even comparatively that doesn't hold a candle to all of the systemic issues the institutional issues what's coming to mind right now is emily in paris being nominated for an emmy um let's unpack that (laughs) should we unpack that let's unpack um, that sure it's ridiculous emily in paris yes Yeah, the creator is the creator who made if i'm not mistaken um sex in the city yeah, I think he has um, kind of like an obsession with like upper class rich white women. I don't know. Right. Um, right. And putting see. them in, in discomfort, which is just. Yeah, it's, it's very. <laughs> it's very interesting. Well, no, I just I actually was talking about this with my dad last night in regards to Malcolm and Marie um no 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 no. you know what no it wasn't Malcolm and Marie but that is another topic that's another topic we get into (laughs) it was a Tyler Perry movie oh and we were we were talking about in the gut (laughs) oh god the wacky wigglies are you about to say listen 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 the thing is we were talking about how the editing was so crappy in just this movie we were watching. No, just particularly the scene. He like came and was like, Akai, look at this. And like rewinded back to the scene and was like, why, why did this happen? Like, why is it Explain like this? this to me. <laughs> yeah. And, and we were, but we were talking about how we still have respect, of course, for what Tyler Perry contributed to the industry. Yeah. And also I was like, do you know what? I think we should allow black people to be mediocre sometimes. Mm. I think they can be artists who make what they want and get publicity and fame and and support financially and it's not even that great yeah like it doesn't have to constantly be this this plight of like let's be black exceptional negro kind of exactly (laughs) we want to be mediocre and still be given awards (laughs) (laughs) like that's what emily in paris is it's just like you have michaela cole's i may destroy you and then you have emily in motherfucking Paris Mm -hmm. and it's like okay so if you're gonna give Emily in Paris this kind of attention then we need to see way 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 more stories from BIPOC filmmakers that are just okay that are just okay and And I think I think you know to your dad's point it's kind of similar to me in my opinion when we deal with Kenya Barris Mm -hmm. where Kenya is very mediocre blackish mm-hmm. mediocre um yeah. you know the whole ish franchise very <laughs> mediocre all um, of the issues sure. black af huh. <laughs> i heard i heard some colorful things about that it's one. it's quite let's just say this man really likes 
redoing his life story in multiple ways but mm-hmm. that can be said for even people like in my opinion like Martin Scorsese I feel like he really focuses on this macho Italian type of like mm-hmm. essence where it's like you're a narcissist and you're kind of abusive but we're gonna try and root for you because you're not terrible and right I as much as I would give somebody like flack flack for like Tyler Perry and Kenya Bears I feel like yeah you're right there there needs to be this level of mediocrity that's allowed for everybody mm-hmm. else like I, simply I allowed think that somebody like Tyler Perry you know he's he's doing great things and having his studio but let's not pretend he's mm-hmm. also not like setting people back with the fact that he will that he refuses to let other people in his writing room mm. that he doesn't put a that he tends to write stories that are starring and for black women but never like like ever talk and discuss with them like mm-hmm. what type of representation they kind of want and you know right all the other host of problems he has you know it's like oh, yeah. but shouldn't we just let him be <laughs> well, shouldn't just... we just let him be like a five <laughs> right and I was gonna say I don't know if you if it was on your radar but like when um Wrinkle in Time happened with Miss Ava DuVernay it's like the the nerves the nervousness that like I felt over Mm -hmm. this black woman having the first um over 100 million dollar budget movie like the first studio the first black woman to direct a studio with a budget that studio (laughs) yes exactly and so to see it not do that well I don't know if you if this was on your radar but like for a lot of women a lot of black women I know it it kind of put a fear in us Mm -hmm. that damn like are they gonna stop giving us these opportunities now because it didn't do that well because we're held to those standards right and I think that they're not gonna yeah yeah and I think that it's almost like because I watched Wrinkling Time I actually watched it with a fellow Decca Adina shout out to Adina okay um and you know when we watched it I remember I left the theater being like I don't like it mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm yeah. not afraid to say I don't like it but then Adina yeah. actually said if I'm not mistaken kind of like what you were saying like okay but like how many films out there have we said I don't like it it's terrible and yet mm-hmm. people will still be like it's okay we can still give it like an award or it's okay it's not yeah that and it's like it's it's I think what people tend to do is they try and gear that conversation towards well the only reason that we're gonna like this is because it's made by a woman or a person of color it's like no mm-hmm. I think that we should all agree it's terrible but it should become like a cult classic sort of situation (laughs) because it's just it can be just that bad and yet we can still celebrate it like I Mm -hmm. I just I don't know I'm like how can you have something like Riverdale but then can't give something like (laughs) there you go there you go if Riverdale can exist then Tyler Perry can exist in the same universe, in universe and industry. If Riverdale can't exist, then I think that something <laughs> like, you know, you know, something like Bad Hair or mm-hmm. something like that's a Tyler Perry movie or, you know, it, it can be just that bad and can be that just bad. that good. And, you know, it's like, of course, no one here is striving for mediocrity. I just think in general there's just, there's a lot of nuance missing in our society and the conversations that we have as a whole. And I think that can also 
be applied to these conversations about mm-hmm. films and things like that or, or filmmakers and representation because I think there really is this exceptional Negro kind of framework that these discussions are being had through. And I just think that, I just think that we got to pull back from that a little Mm. bit, honestly, and just allow kind of people to make art. And of course, with attention to who is being represented and whatnot, but like, it's, it's a very tricky conversation because no one, no one wants to be defined mm-hmm. by their race when it comes to their, making their art. But it's also so important to have people making those things. I'm kind of like, like dipping into a lot of different, like, no, we're good <laughs> right now. Go back and forth, but, play tennis in your head. Oh <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I just, I just want black people to be able to make things and have their things funded and seen and when Malcolm and Marie came out um the fact that it was Zendaya a hugely popular um gorgeous light-skinned black woman in a movie whose her opposite was a dark-skinned black man like you just don't see movies like that with as much reach especially for like the mainstream white predominantly audience Mm -hmm. and it was a terrible movie it was not a good movie (laughs) but Mm. (laughs) I was just it was yeah I was just excited that something like that could be made and could be popular and distributed through Netflix yes and distributed through Netflix and criticized and just seen so mm-hmm. yeah yeah Those, I think <laughs> I think it I think it becomes like people kind of are like you want representation that's great I guess we'll give you representation but I think people mm-hmm. forget that most people when they're asking for representation they're asking to just be visible and that to be the norm to be mm-hmm. like I want to yes. be able to get funding for something like um I was watching an interview and uh Lena Dunham was like talking about how she got funding uh for her show and um she was like yeah I literally walked in didn't really have like a pitch deck or anything I, I kind of had like a one-page synopsis and I kind of just mm-hmm. chit-chat about like the mood I was trying to go for and they were in HBO was like yeah sure why not like sure my parents were kind of like you know well known and you know whatever but I kind of just like walked in there and was just like yeah. I just I kind of want to just do this and they're like okay well here's the money and it's like <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile everybody else is taking classes on how to do elevator pitch how to do a pitch yeah. this. and I really wish like companies would just have this sense of abandon with like a looseness with their wallet if you will mm-hmm. when it absolutely comes to else. yeah you hit it on the head the looseness with the wallet in in a way that's not simply or for projects I should say that aren't simply catering to this very white very western kind of audience mm-hmm. and there's just so many people in the world so there's a lot of I just think that it's exciting to see all of these different 
new shows become popularized. I mean, the Insecures and all of these, the Atlantas and things like that, for them to be in the mainstream in ways that just would not have happened 20, right. 30 years ago. It's like, it's amazing to see. And I just wish that these companies would stop pretending like people don't want to see it because they do. Right. People mm. want to see it. It's good for us. It's good for the world to have these different perspectives and these different experiences. I just feel like we've all seen Emily in Paris a hundred million oh, times yes. in a hundred million <laughs> different movies and shows. Like which I think is also indicative of the creator. Like I was I, I finally my, my my web browser finally pulled up the IMDB and it's mm. Uh, Melrose Place, 90210, mm-hmm. Younger, Emily in Paris. Uh, mm-hmm. We got. Wow. We got. I know. I was like, oh. That man has so a. So we have a pattern. <laughs> of, like, for real. And we love Sex in the City. I'm not going to hate on Sex in the City. There's, I, there's a lot of great problematic shows and TV out there. It's just right. like. And That's, I'm pretty sure like, there, I mean, my, even my sister, my oldest sister, she was really into 90210. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, like, you know, yeah, let's get on board. <laughs> I know. I mean, sometimes I've been watching Gilmore Girls. Is that the widest show that's ever been created? Yes, yes. it is. <laughs> but am I kind of vibing with it? Yeah, a little bit. And right. so it's like, we, you know, the same can exist for people watching Insecure and its mm-hmm. equivalent. And that show can be made in a hundred different iterations and mm-hmm. there doesn't have to just be one. I think that is actually something when you asked me about something in the industry that I guess uh, had experienced or thought about, um, it just reminded me because I feel like I, I wrote this in my application for DKA when we were yes. talking about issues in the industry. So we're going to circle back. We're going to circle back. Yes. yes. Let's call we'll the sack this bitch. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was talking about how this there's this kind of pervasive idea that there can only be a few mm-hmm. really well-known and and really booked and busy, like famous Black actresses or actors or you know BIPOC individuals in general or you know different there's just so many underrepresented Mm -hmm. um identities that are kind of they it's like it's kind of like as long as you know five you pass the vibe like yeah exactly (laughs) and we hit our like quota Mm -hmm. and I think that just goes back to this conversation about letting all kinds of people in and make all kinds of art that they want and not trying to hit this like I guess the quota of representation that people feel like needs to exist in order to say that they've really mixed things up when Mm -hmm. there's so many artists out there making interesting things and mediocre things and I want to watch the Black Emily in Paris you know yeah and I think I think it also goes into like when you are a creator um you get because of like if somebody like you get this goodwill towards you Mm -hmm. so you get so then it kind of turns into like you have to wait until you have like this big break that people like validate your your place inside of Mm -hmm. the industry and then they just again keep recycling you like I I love Shonda Rhimes but then Mm -hmm. how many other people who are like Shonda Rhimes or have great you know ideas like Mara uh, Mara Brock Akil, who doesn't mm. really get like this podium, but Shondaland will get like all the monies, and it's like it's great, but she also yeah. 
like similar to the you know creator of Emily in Paris, um, Darren Star. You know, once you start getting into your craft, especially if it makes you money, you're kind of yeah. gonna get into the cycle. So it's like you're gonna get again, like I was saying, like the the Martin Scorsese kind of situation where you're like, oh, this works. Oh, you like. Yeah. You expect this from me. Cool. I'm gonna just keep making it. And they're like, yeah, we'll keep throwing money at you. It's like right, right. This is why there needs to be more people because if you just keep picking like exceptional people over and over Mm -hmm. that you, you know, have verified are exceptional, then Mm -hmm. you're gonna really keep getting the same stories back like over and over again. And you know, it's kind of depressing because it's like you do get, you know the Michaela Coles of the world who just do not get attention like Mm -hmm. chewing gum chewing gum was criminally move criminally like it's like unbelievable why (laughs) that show is phenomenal and it's and I find it interesting because there there's like this this uh preference in my opinion when it comes to representation like you know mm-hmm. it's it's easy to understand what it's like to be in great britain or to be british but it's not mm-hmm. for somehow it's not easy to understand what it's like to be in somewhere like taiwan like it's yeah. easy to understand like france oh it's the french like it's easy to understand right. that but it's not easy to understand the concept of a show that's probably based out in like you know mm, Egypt or something like it's like and that's why it's just so important that they keep being made like Lovecraft Country so ridiculously amazing and there was the episode and I forgot what the character's name was because I haven't watched it in so long but I think she was in like ancient Japan or something like that Mm -hmm. and it was it was just so interesting because it's just like not a perspective that you see very often from an author authentically told and it's it's not my place to say whether it's authentic actually but it just seemed very grounded and very like culturally appropriate and and like not like some you know kind of tropey or right western ideal yeah exactly exactly and and it's like you're captivated by I just think there's so much like audiences I think can be much smarter than maybe we give them credit for sometimes. Yes. Much more interested, <laughs> yeah, more interested in those stories than, than I guess studios or testing indicates, you know? So the more of those, the better. And, and even if people aren't used to it now, like that's how you get them used to things. Like right. more exposure, more representation. That's, it's what it comes down to. Oof. <laughs> I know it ain't Sunday, but I feel like I just went to church. <laughs> I know. Same here. There's so much. There's so much to go through. That conversation is always a deep dive. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's it's uh it's got a lot of history. It it does, and I think that again, I think that you know, going back to the 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 staple of the argument, I think that. Emily in Paris is one of those things where it's like it's fine it's a fine fantasy romp um -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. maybe not accurate at all um but you know it's a it's a fine you know thing to have I mean it doesn't make other countries hate us a little bit more maybe but like it's a fine thing to have but it is extremely mediocre and it's like 
we just want to we just want to have a chance to be mediocre too that's all just give <laughs> us a chance I mean just, and and I hate to like well I don't know I I try not to be so judgmental about things because well movies and film and stuff I like there's a lot of thought and effort and love but yeah and people on set way more than the director on set. yeah right and and even with Malcolm and Marie too I mean I just I didn't love the movie I have a lot of thoughts on it there were some pretty good performances in it in parts and I still appreciate that it was made and mm-hmm. even though it was not maybe the best that it could have been and there it just circles back to the the mediocrity thing we just we need the range we need range from us <laughs> we, we, we have a lot of different we want oscar worthy and then we mm-hmm. want razzie <laughs> <laughs> we want trash yes and we Give want the trash to be evenly distributed (laughs) evenly distributed that is all we ask so i guess in in to relate it back to you (laughs) like when you're looking for roles in acting or when you're trying to get you know uh when you're trying to produce Mm -hmm. does this question of like being on a mediocre project ever cross your mind like have you ever seen a script and you're like this isn't the greatest script and it's probably like if it was probably to ever get a award it'd probably be a razzie but you know yeah hot damn (laughs) i want to do it (laughs) why not most definitely because i think unless it's a matter of like something feeling stereotypical Mm -hmm. and just just morally wrong yeah yes something feeling morally wrong or like a bad representation and that's also kind of difficult to say because it's just a different aspect of the conversation but um just something feeling maybe minstrelly or stereotypical then that is something that I wouldn't that wouldn't sit right with me but beyond that I think all of it is practice and I think a lot of fantastic wonderful actors have been in not so great movies (laughs) and every one of them really has been in a movie that has not been very good or to many people's standards not been very good and that's just part of the job isn't it it's like seeing what you can do with those things I feel like that's that's a good challenge to take on unless it's something that's just really gonna embarrass you in the long run (laughs) I think yeah I'm pretty sure if you get big enough they'll be like okay we're just gonna hide this film that Akai did because you know people people, have to I mean shoot there are films hidden that Gabrielle Union has done and like yo Mm. That's what I'm thinking. Like, there's got to be a vault somewhere. Oh, there's a vault. Oh, there's a vault. Yeah. Uh, apparently, she did like. Uh, there's this movie called Neo Ned. Mm. Never heard of Neo Ned. Good. <laughs> For good reason. <laughs> that is the point. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, mean, I think yeah. I think you should be allowed to be mediocre. You know, yeah. I I doubt you would be, but I think you should be allowed to be mediocre and you know, be a part of something that is completely campy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think you should be allowed to be. I think if George Clooney can have a back card, then I yes. <laughs> there's just so much opportunity for that i i campus campus fun i mean it's that would be kind of hard to turn down something like that but i think 
when it comes to things being mediocre, I think what it really means is being able to try things Mm -hmm. and being allowed to make mistakes and allowed room to grow and not having to come at things, um, you know, perfectly done, perfectly polished. And um, I guess that's something that I'm working on for myself. And that's something that I think needs to be allowed for, you know, underrepresented people in the industry, making mistakes and being given many more chances as a lot of other white male directors have been. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's how I look at it. So you mentioned before, um, you know, and then I'll start wrapping up because I know know I've been taking about an hour of your time, Uh, but you mentioned before that you wanted to get into writing. So obviously I don't want anybody out here being like, oh yes, great idea. Let me just take this and run. But what, what would you be most interested in writing? And like, what is something that you think um, you kind of want to just like, explore inside of screenwriting Mm. um I think something that I've kind of a theme I guess that I've noticed not only in like movies that I want to write or would like to be a part of but also enjoy so much is like stories of people kind of like finding their power like finding Mm. who they are it's super broad but just not underestimating themselves Mm -hmm. um and that's been a really big theme in my own life and something that (laughs) this quarantine has for sure whipped my ass in a hundred different directions in that (laughs) yeah in in that whole world of just self-esteem and confidence and believing in yourself and I just think that there are so many ways that that story can be told and is a theme in everyone's life um well most people's lives and so that is definitely something that I (laughs) feel strongly about exploring and it's not so far from me right now like that I've fully overcome that but I feel like I have done enough kind of reflection to like see what I could do with a story like that with elements from my own life and me just trying to like figure shit out like try I've I did some weird things this quarantine I worked at a, <laughs> that sounds bad but like I worked at a ski resort for like a week um yeah yeah okay. like yeah let's 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 <laughs> <laughs> that's another thing that just I, I can't I can't tell which one I'm more interested in the fact mm-hmm. that it only lasted in a week or the fact mm-hmm. that a ski resort was open and you were able to work at yes that was surprising wasn't it they have a lot of like safety measures I've gone skiing once in high school mm. and I thought like this could be cool to work there because it's like very inexpensive housing and I'm like in a essentially a two-bedroom apartment right now in New York mm. with my family of five my brother just left for a little bit but it's um very tight quarters because they were not intending for us all to be back at home at the same time <laughs> they're like so some of y'all are impeding on our privacy <laughs> exactly um they weren't planning for it but so I just was, I needed to get out of the house and I needed to find something that would supply me housing and be exciting because I'm, I've been very kind of interested in just going on more adventures in life. And mm-hmm. like I said before, saying yes to things, trying things. And so I was like, fuck it. Why not? And I did it and it sucked. 
So <laughs> it ended. You're like I would have tried new. You're like a, you're like like oh like if it was like a cartoon or something like yeah let's do it. And it's like do do and like you're standing out <laughs> exactly. in the rain. You're just like literally the rain it. on the bags except it was snow and like me going up a lift and getting stuck on the lift like to get to work because I had to take that to work at 7 30 every day oh heck um, no. <laughs> so yeah like a good a good solid week I lasted and was like this was simply not for me um a good fit for me <laughs> yeah I'm sorry I'm sorry I just don't think um this is my environment so yeah it ended as quickly as it begun but um I learned a lot from like the few weeks surrounding that whole experience about like myself, about what I am lacking and what I need in, in life and in people. And so you had a lot of time to think on that ski list. <laughs> you had a lot of time. <laughs> what am I doing with my life? <laughs> there was a lot to consider about that experience. So, um, I mean, there are a lot of, a lot of things have happened so, so if you we might see that in a script nobody be surprised know that it's rooted in, in reality um yes <laughs> so that's one of many things that I think my, my life is just a little bit it's just it's just like weird like I've learned to roll with the punches in a lot of ways but there's also a lack of control that I've been frantically trying to to find for mm. myself and um that's a big thing that's been working on now and also would be interesting to explore in writing so there is that yeah all righty then so I'm gonna wrap up here but thank you for being okay. with us today um is there anything that you would like to shout out like you know shamelessly plug yourself and okay. is there anything that anybody in DK uh or outside of DK can help you with is there something that you'd be like hey if somebody knows how to do this could you like contact me and That's let's get something going like yes let's go that's a great question um I would say, okay, so we have Almost Maine. Uh, the performances are March 6th. It's one performance, actually, um, at 12 p.m. PST. Uh, check that out. Like I said, directed by Vic, produced, I would say, by Nicole. Um, lots of deck is involved. So it's going to be good. I'm excited for it. And that's kind of it that, that's going on right now. Oh, things to work on? There's always something to work on. Damn. Um, if somebody, <laughs> if somebody's got some like, oh, some like they're looking for some producer's assistant gig. That's like such a broad thing. I just, just, I don't, I don't even know. This is so hard. <laughs> I don't know. Pretend, look, pretend it's like a, a Christmas wish list. You're like, okay. this is who I would want in my inbox. I am, you know, I'm, I'm trying to collect this type mm. of information or this type of, um, you know, skill set. Hit me yeah. in the box if you have, you know. I was gonna, was gonna say that it's like it's so sought after, but I really would like to be closer to someone who's producing a project and like be able to kind of shadow and and be more on the development side and on set and just kind of like go through the motions of that with someone and learn more about it in, in a professional environment. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're working on any projects and you need an office PA, a set PA, um, I'm going to be back in LA 
like probably July. So I know that's a while from now, but if you've got something in development and you're like, it's time to gather some people, um, I'm a hand that would love to be on deck. So that's, that's it for me. And also okay. just, I, I would be happy to do some alumni activities for mm-hmm. our lovely decadets. Mm-hmm. I almost forgot the name. That's a great name. I know it, it, it happens to the <laughs> I know it was pre-decadent era, but um, yeah, I'd love to meet some more people. I feel like my head is a little more firmly on my shoulders than it was last year. And I am- <laughs> Weren't we all? <laughs> yes. Oh, just a little bit. Just All slightly. in a tailspin. <laughs> yeah. So I'm definitely interested in meeting this new bunch and yeah, staying connected with DKA for sure. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, if anybody out here is connected to Freeform, <laughs> come on, you <laughs> just heard <laughs> this close, <laughs> this close. So close and so far. So close. <sighs> so Tragic. what would be the best way for anybody to contact you? I know that, you know, you were just saying mm. so iffy on the communication, but you got that to me yeah. pretty quickly, so. <laughs> I know. I love that question. Okay. I can do emails, A-K-A-I-R-A-I-N-E at gmail.com. Um, like you can text me. I just like, sometimes it's like social calls that are a little more difficult for me to get to, but I try to stay professional when it comes to like working on things or correspondence for something that is being organized. Like mm-hmm. if, I won't if they got a project, then it's like, I'm gonna hit you back. If it's like a friend who just wants to talk about their summer, you're just like, no, it's that sounds so bad. It sounds so bad, but for me, it's like it's like please, just like when I get to LA, I swear we can hang out. I just have a hard time. <laughs> it's a psychological thing for me, and I've like explained this to my mom. I'm like, my best friends know this. Like, it's not just mm-hmm. anybody. Like, my best friends are like, "Hello, <laughs> can you text?" So me if you're being like, ignored. It's, it's not. not it's you're not, not just you. Even the special people get ignored. We're all this about equality here. It's it's equality across the board. I promise. Um, yeah, for me, it's like I'm home, and I like don't want to answer things. <laughs> and now that I'm always at home, I never want to answer. It's like an extended vacation. Like, ooh, I'm on vacation. Exactly. Nobody bother me. I'm taking a break exactly. from social media. The next thing you know, it's just like it's still going. <laughs> I know. But I'm, I will emerge from the dead. I swear to God, like everybody gets, everybody gets a lunch date. Yeah. That's somebody who's like, I wish date. you could get a coffee I know. Date. That's the plan. Someone's like, we should just all be writing letters again. So it's like, yes, you know, let's get a letter writing program. Let's do a, it. Just a letter like, chain. That way I, you don't have to feel bad about not responding to someone because it's like, well, that's the post office. I can't get back to you. You have seven to 10 business days. <laughs> that's amazing. Just one at a time. I could do that. That's sustainable. Oh my God. Oh. That's sustainable. Yeah. I, I, I have issues. I, Email, uh, messaging, and, you know, snail and mail, you know. Snail mail is great. No, honestly, if you send if a raven. You Instagram DM, send a raven. Um, I will, my raven will talk to your raven. Um, we'll get it done that way. No, I really am around. I'm, I'm more around than I have been recently. So, yeah, don't be afraid and I'm sorry. 
You heard it here. <laughs> you heard it here. You heard it here. General apology. Just like <laughs> sending it out there. I you can so title sorry. it that. Like for this my general to, to message back. Yes. It's just I had a moment, and the moment was several months mm-hmm. long. The moment just kept going. It end. <laughs> the moment was literally spelled out in each month. It started out with April. That's what's in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> May. That was O. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just was on repeat. And then it just you know it's, it's like it's like Baby Shark. It's just on repeat over. Baby Shark is always around. It's always around. Well, thank you for, you know, spending time with me. Almost said us, and I'm like, ooh, is there multiple voices? Yeah, I know. Uh, (laughs) People, whoever hears this. Thank you for spending time with the people. Uh, I'm glad to know that you are healthy, that you are on the path of thriving. (laughs) (laughs) On her way. Dang you, Miss Rhoda. God. We could have we could have got her in the free form. Oh my god. I I am rageful for you for that. I I I, honestly I'm just like, all right, we gotta we gotta make some things happen. But yes, thank you for you know being here for chit-chatting, for you know, getting deep, uh for for you know plugging yourself and you know uh amping yourself up, you know, talking about yourself, doing your own, you know, elevator pitch and you know, thank you for being a part of Dragon's Digest. Really appreciate it. Thank you. I hope that you don't have too hard a time editing my rambling. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on concision. Um, <laughs> You're like, I'm working on finding vocab. <laughs> yes. Where are the words? Sentence um, structures, but verbally. <laughs> hard. It can be hard. It can but be hard. no, I was, I'm so glad that I did this. I was very nervous for it because I thought, what am I going to say? Like, what have I done? And that's just <laughs> that. See, that was just like old old framework that mm-hmm. we're getting rid of and we're moving into celebrating ourselves and yes, each other I'm pretty sure once you started saying it you were like oh yeah i did a it's lot like, okay. <laughs> i did a thing one time you you um, popped in here junior year and you just over here just like <laughs> things happen like come on there are people here who have been like freshmen who who took <laughs> who took <laughs> five years to graduate who were just like what did i do in that time was <laughs> <laughs> that's a valid point you're also very good at this no like, oh, thank this is you very enjoyable you know, i do what i can I you gotta you got your <laughs> you got the natural podcast thing going well you would know <laughs> we're yes. not a podcast Clearly i take this as authority. an extreme compliment considering it's coming from you working oh, on a podcast by the way what is the name of that podcast Oh, it's got some working titles. It's very early stages still. Mm-hmm. So the updates will be probably via social media. I'm Lil Papa Bear, by the way. Lil underscore Papa underscore Bear with two R's. So, oh, okay. Is this for like Instagram or is this for like Twitter? That's Instagram. Yeah, that's. I oh, okay. Say. Well, you know, Instagram, there's too many names out there anyway for like people to have any regular names. So the, I understand the two R's. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I have actually Lil Pop Bear with one R and I got locked out of the account because my email was from like middle school. So it's very sad. There's an archive of Lil Pop Bear content. That do exists. I do I, I I'm curious what is the email to the middle school email because it my is it was kai kai rocks at aim.com 
not aim at aim.com that's how ancient this account is it is an aim email address i was not lying i was just about to say don't feel bad i had ice princess you know for my young okay you know because that was my favorite movie you had an aim rocks with an x like no that's like doing lols with a z Mm -hmm. it it was exactly like that it was that era it was fully in that era oh it's a tragedy yeah that's our double r that's what that's for well um that's not the email to contact no don't do it that would be so sad at that point you obviously use snail mail but again (laughs) thank you so much for being here with us today and you know i hope that for the rest of you know the year treats you well i hope that freeform calls you back and it was like yo we gotta pick up where we left off you know oh my god could you imagine (laughs) they just were thinking about me you know we were just thinking about you you know (laughs) something about corona just like kind of froze us in time and i've just been thinking about you this whole time i didn't think i should call because i you know you may have had something else going on but yeah they were really nervous they'd be reconsidered yeah i'm putting it out there a little too shy i'm putting it out there you know i just you know i just don't know how to how somebody like you could be interested in somebody like us we couldn't let you get away I just kind of let you get away, oh you know, pull, pull a real notebook on them. Like, oh, <laughs> I'll be like, I never stopped thinking. You. <laughs> it wasn't over. It's never over. Oh my God. Uh, the rep showing up outside of my house. <laughs> we, just, we just see you again. Please come back with me. Yes, Freeform, I will. Well, more power to you and all the best of luck. And thank you, know, you. for the hundredth time. Thank you so much for thank giving, you giving us time. I appreciate you. You're awesome. You've always been awesome. We haven't got to chat much, but whenever I've seen you, it's been doing something generous and amazing. Not and the jewels. <laughs> yes. Uh, all Not living out the jewels. For real. Oh my God. Super great. And I'm so glad that we got to have this little chit chat.